Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs. And we are now halfway through another letter. That's right. BNL may not have written songs for X and Z, but we won't leave this podcast unfinished. We will discuss every Bare Naked Lady song from seven to Y. How long did it take you to write that intro? Oh, there, man. <laughs> About 30 There's seconds. Settler and Waldorf over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as you can tell, joining unfinished? me to discuss this unfinished song are Aaron, Heidi. Welcome. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and uh, we have a returning guest that we haven't heard from in a while. And uh, you may have thought that we were finished with him, but we weren't. Welcome back to <laughs> Noah Gannex. Never finished with Noah. Hello. Hello Welcome Noah. back, Noah. So good to have you. Hi. He is it's good the, to be here. He is the designer of our wonderful drawing of our group that you can find on our t-shirts. Um, <laughs> but, but I'm sorry to say, Noah, that... Um, we have a new co-host, Betsy, since since you made them. Um, we don't need to commission a new a new shirt. Never a problem. So I I guess that this I turned it into a keychain. <laughs> Check that out. Oh, hey, yeah. look at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so since we have a new co-host, I guess that that uh, well, I guess it means that this um, that that the drawing is. Well, fabulous, and and not quite as fabulous as it could be, but we, I, we just have to crudely impose Betsy's face on top of Jeff's head. I, I'm not going to say unfinished. I mean, you're our guest. <laughs> Were you expecting me to say unfinished? No, I, I was waiting for Aaron to jump on that one. I I was like, oh. I wasn't going to say that. I think it was wonderful. His work is unfinished, in as much as we now have another Wait, drawing. Set it up again. I'll I'll say it. Set okay. it up. <laughs> put me in coach i'm ready yeah so i mean because we have a new host i mean i guess mm -hmm. that that means that the shirt is well peterborough and the corthas no <laughs> that was wrong sorry what is happening right now I don't you know i wrote this whole skit and now it's gonna go nowhere <laughs> what do you guys think about my shirt tonight oh my lanta yeah you, you know Very what it means though appropriate it basically yeah. means my dad joke is loading. That's it's unfinished. It's unfinished. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like this week's song. So if you've oh, never heard yeah. this song before, here's a quick snippet. And uh, so, Aaron, this is a Hearn, Page, and Robertson song. But yes, my question for you is, what album's it on? Well, it got spoiled for me during the pre-show, but I wrote down, I always write down okay. my guess. So I'm, I'm able to, I was wrong. <laughs> um, I knew, I, my, I'll give you my logic, though. I'll walk you through my thought process. So we can hear both Ed and Steven singing. We know it's not any newer than, like, Bare Naked Ladies or Men. I like how quirky the song is. The quirkiness for a moment made me think it could possibly be from, like, Maroon. But it's very slickly produced and polished. And from the engineering, I would say it's somewhere in the 2000s. 
So I was thinking bare naked ladies are me or are men. I ended up going with our men, but it was uh, revealed to me. This is actually from, wait, wait, now I'm trying to, re- it was from every, everything to everyone, which I always forget that <laughs> album exists. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know why there's some good stuff on it. All the other things that you mentioned in yeah. there, like all fit everything to everyone, like early two thousands, <laughs> finely polished, very instrumental. <laughs> way over orchestrated yeah it's very wall of soundy i like that it's very latter-day beatles-esque very beach boys actually i think there's a lot of beach boys influence Mm. in here extremely yeah yeah i i hadn't put that in but that totally makes sense yeah i had only been listening to the the demo of it and so to hear because i like the the full lyrics uh but like the the final album version like it really sounds like that's probably kevin's influence just like is so much you know beach boys and brian wilson you know like harmonies and and stuff that's what i was change and everything that's what i was trying to figure out is like where where kevin came into this because like listening to that demo it's hard to tell because the piano doesn't sound anything like what comes out later on in the recorded version. It, right. He completely changes it. I'm guessing that the piano was probably Steve. I don't think Ed plays piano that much, but no. like it, since they're the only two on it, they probably just got together and recorded it. And and it, and it also doesn't have the like uh, drawn out uh, part that comes towards the end, which I'm guessing that Kevin just helped, you know, uh, orchestrate it a little bit uh, with that. And because um, it also doesn't have uh, Kevin is very weird in his <laughs> like humor. And so he it doesn't have any references to like vegetarian subs with bacon or you know like (laughs) so like it uh i love kevin so much (laughs) kevin we know you listen come on the show yeah Yeah. come on the show please yeah i don't i i like at first i was like maybe this is a hern song that that they brought in but when i listened to the demo i'm like no because you i'm sorry steve i'm i'm gonna say this but i I feel horrible saying it. Please don't kill me. There were some notes that did not sound right with the piano playing. And I'm like, that cannot be Kevin in the background playing that because those notes are very discordant with the chords that are going on right now. Well, then maybe it was Ed because, you know, like I, I think Steve does play. Uh, I don't know. He um, does. It's it does, the jazz it, version. It definitely <laughs> sounds like an Ed like uh, an Ed set of lyrics, though, like all the all, all the, the puns and rhymes, plays on puns. words. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I agree. Let me yeah. let me play a little recording of the the demo version of that right now. Um, Aaron, I don't think you were able to hear that this week because I was trying not to give away. the. You album. were being real cagey with this one. I was. I wanted to trick you. You were like Nicholas was... Cage over here. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, now it's giving me a hard time on loading. Oh, okay. I see your screen. 
<laughs> I'm glad you see my screen because I don't even have anything on my screen at this moment. Now, I don't say this with any judgment because I have uh, once <laughs> probably maxed out my entire RAM allocation with just Chrome, but you seem to have a lot of tabs open. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, these ones over here are all Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, <laughs> oh, cool. These ones over here are all for tonight. <laughs> wow. Nice. Unfortunately, it's, it's deciding to give me... Oh, oh there it goes. We... There it goes. Oh, hold on. That's that's Roadrunner. That's Roadrunner. Yeah. I was gonna say it, this is that off the lady. Familiar. This is off I the have... ladies' room um, CD that was made. Me me me. Okay. So it's still bouncy, but it's a little different, yeah. But it was never a donation. I took a trip, but it was never a vacation. I took a seat, but I refused to take a number. And so That's the demo version. They also mix up like the the order it goes in. They have well, there's, a whole second. There's like a, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, to I'm that. not the host. Yeah, so there's the also verse. at the end of the second verse, there's a finished second verse um, at the end of this this version. Was never testimony. I turned and ran after ignoring my Miranda. I hit she saw it and caught me under the veranda. I say Yep. Now the other thing happens. The other thing that I was noticing is that because there is a split with what's on the different channels um and the different mm. ears because earlier i had only one of my ears in and i could hear um the piano much more distinctly and i realized that's because it's playing in the right ear mm. um and every a lot of other stuff is in the left ear so when i didn't have that i could filter out and hear those plinks that were not quite right <laughs> in the demo version um and they bothered me a lot more <laughs> um playing with both ear pieces in it feels much better um and barely noticeable which is good <clears throat> this reminds me of have you ever heard those early beatles stereo masters that they made where they were still kind of figuring out the whole stereo field thing and they would just 100 pan left and right so you'd have like john lennon screaming in your left ear and ringo banging on the drums in your right ear that's just like total chaos yes or that's like why everyone loves the mono masters the mono masters are yeah, great i ruined uh my family's cassette of uh <laughs> oh, sergeant no. pepper oh, no. uh, that way because i was listening to it and i for some reason i couldn't hear one of the channels and so i thought that it was bad and so i like taped over uh, you know, oh, like no. from the 45 and like totally messed, but like nobody cared because it was, you know, I was like, sorry. And my dad is like, we have it on 
album. Like, why <laughs> doesn't matter? It's it's just a, you know. <laughs> the album's better anyway. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But yeah, we like you get the the brilliant you know rhyme of. I'm sure it like Ed was just like he needed to find a rhyme for either Miranda or Veranda, <laughs> and that's why that whole thing exists. You know, like. <laughs> I'm guessing Miranda came first because he was like really, you know, hype on like including that technical, you know, like, uh, oh, it's legal jargon, Steve. We got to use it, you know, like, and then they had to find some rhyme for it. (laughs) And so that makes me wonder why they decided in the album version to take it out. Now, I will say. I like the fact they took it out because what it ends, they didn't replace it with anything. Right. So, so what we end up having is an unfinished verse leading into the chorus, which I was like, okay, that's just like very poetic. And I like that. It could also be that they, you know, took the opportunity to like, instead of having all three songs have, or sorry, all three verses have like the full version. Like, you know, it's like, you don't want, a three-piece suit where your uh, coat and vest and pants are all the same, you know, pattern or whatever. <laughs> like, so they just like the first verse is full. The second verse is like, you know, like truncated and the third verse is full again. So, you know, like it's more of a dynamic song. More, it's more interesting that way. Mm-hmm. And well, also veranda is a dumb. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what, Ed, maybe Steve came up to him and said, no, no, we yeah, <laughs> gotta get rid of that rhyme. It's probably Kevin. Like <laughs> Kevin and Ed, just from when I was like, you know, hanging out with them, that and they all rag on each other a whole bunch. But like Kevin and Ed were, you know, like certainly uh, comedically at each other's throats a whole lot mm-hmm. because I think they're, you know, they both have very biting senses of humor and you know uh, know that they love each other and so they can you know go harder. I don't know. Which is like, funny because Kevin is such like he gives off this vibe of this calm, relaxed, zen oh, yeah. person. I was when I saw like, them uh, on New Year's uh, one year. I can't remember what it was, but like they were touring with Mike Doty, and uh, I had the opportunity to go backstage and like hang out with Doty and his band. And I was talking to them, and I said, "What? So what's it like touring with the with the Bernie Ladies?" and their keyboard player was like, well, they're all great. Kevin is, Kevin is interesting. Every day he comes out of their bus, sees what I'm wearing and then goes back into their bus and changes to match whatever I'm wearing. (laughs) That's amazing. And when you think about it, like his cousin is Harlan Williams. Who's like one Mm -hmm. of the weirdest dudes in the world so like you know like it's obvious that you know just bizarre that's why i love him so much because he's just so weird you know like he's i think he's my favorite ever since andy left he you know he's he's been my favorite yeah he definitely brings that esoteric energy that i really like yeah and And he's also like bridging he is friends with, like, Steve is still friends with him. Like, yes. You know, because yeah. he's the yeah. multi-instrumentalist. He's the, you know, the peacemaker. He's the one, you know, at the side. 
he's uh, bringing justice to the art world. I, I just love <laughs> Kevin so much. I, I love the fact that Kevin, out of out of the children in the family, Kevin is the the gatekeeper in the family that that is trying to keep the parents together. <laughs> Guys, it's it's okay. That tracks. <laughs> They have not played this much live. Well, in listening to the demo, it I was really no, not sorry, not the demo. The in listening to the bathroom sessions, I was really impressed that Ed got through the whole thing by himself, like doing all the parts. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a taxing song, and Ed's range, not range, but like wherewithal is <clears throat> like not as you know up there with steve sometimes and like when well, i was, it was really impressive say to... that i think that his range is also a part of the problem there and that like those ascending notes going into the chorus during the pre-chorus his voice starts cracking and then once he hits the the fin in in the chorus you could tell he's he's hitting the note but he is pushing it he is like on that cusp of that high note that he can hit and I think yeah. he's probably just like he just probably feels uncomfortable with it, and he's like, "Yeah, let's. I, I don't. We have too many other songs." It feels really uncomfortable. Who <laughs> 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 else get um, psycho vibes? Bernie Herman yeah. score out of the Yeah, there's yep. a little psycho vibes going on. But I love that like when it 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 feels to me like an open field like that you know the the psycho part and then like it's like like the barn door is open and like you can just see like this entire like uh it's like the end of roger rabbit where like the doors open and you see all of toontown just like going back and (laughs) forth you know like everything is on like it's just (laughs) so yeah i I mentioned go ahead go ahead Oh, uh, I mentioned that this reminds me of the Beach Boys a lot. It also the that bouncy piano that we hear really reminds me of a song that I think came out. So if this if this was on um, every, everything to everyone, that would be like two thousand three, mm-hmm. thereabouts, like early two thousand. Uh, yeah, two thousand two, um, two thousand three. I'm checking. Harvey Danger actually had a really cool and super underrated album that kind of went under the radar in two thousand five called. Oh man, the song is as wine, women, and song. And it really, really, that bouncy piano, it very kind of reminded me of, of this. Uh, it, it's very much like this kind of bouncy piano leading it's really kind of the lead instrument that's really taking the center stage little by little little by little that was it and and to kind of i want to go back real quick to to what you were saying noah yeah like this song also for ed like yeah as a one person song Mm. the if you don't get your breaths in at exactly the right (laughs) moment yeah you're going to totally miss this song. And even then it is hard because yeah. the the back and forth that is necessary 
is is really difficult and then of course you're supposed to have like at, at least with the recorded version you have all this wonderful layering and staging that is going on with one on top of the other and it's what makes the song really beautiful i think especially with that mm-hmm. that pre-chorus If you don't have Steve there, you don't have enough people to really kind of pull that off and, and make it sound the way it kind of needs, unless you go like to something like acoustic. That's right. And also, I don't think this song would sound good acoustically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I haven't heard the the acoustic version from the DVD in so long. Like, uh, I can't remember if it sounds good or not. Um, but it could also be that they, that because of, it's just hard vocally to get through the whole thing, you know, like, mm. uh, I, I know, I remember when I, I heard a, like a version of, it was some concert where they played box set and like at the end of it, uh, Ed is like, Ugh, and Steve said, yeah, that, that one's a killer. And he, like, he said, yeah, it's just, it's mostly the hand, like, it just it's re- a really hard song to play, you know, like mm. and they so they have so many songs that like the ones that are hard for them to play. They just don't play them. Yeah. Or sometimes they just uh, I know on one of the cruises, like they got uh, a suggestion in one of the buckets and just did not remember having ever written that song. And they're trying to stumble through it. I think it's uh maybe it's either maybe you're right or uh i can't remember what it is but like you can hear like jim and tyler from the back like struggling along and trying to like shout out changes and stuff and they're just like all over the place and they had to eventually like play the song again the next night to apologize to the audience because (laughs) they're like we just couldn't get this at all so they like went to their you know to their uh rooms and just rehearsed it a bunch like they just forget songs sometimes well i mean they've got like 300 songs of course they're gonna forget some (laughs) well and this one is pretty complicated too like there's it's it's a weird song musically it's very weird Oh, yes, it is. Uh, I'm really glad that you're here tonight, Heidi. <laughs> I I was going to say the same thing about oh, you, Aaron. Man, what do you guys do? You guys want to like do a breakdown? A B to a B flat to G sharp to there's no I don't I give up. I'm going to turn in all of my music degrees right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I, this is unfinished. My analysis is unfinished for this song. What even is this song? I am so sorry. I like I did I didn't bust. Okay, I, I feel so much better hearing time. you say that, Heidi, because I was like, what is going on? I'm kind of at a loss. <laughs> I mean, even the refrain, you're going from a B to an A sharp, I think, to a C. But and I get the kind of semi and then I'm like, oh, maybe they're moving chromatically, but no, that doesn't make sense. And then is it mo no, that doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, this this has baffled me more than any other song that we've covered. It's the one that has me completely stumped, basically. <laughs> and I've seen a few different versions, and I'm like, none of this makes sense. Yeah, agreed. It's, Do you want to yeah, attempt so, to break it down? Yeah, let's go for it. I have, I have, break it down. Break it down. I have uh, two minutes and 59 seconds, 130, 31 beats per minute, depending I have some that say F sharp. I have some that say B flat, which G flat. I have one that says E. I got nothing. Um, I am thinking. I I don't even know what key. I, I have a theory. It? Okay, so first and foremost, this was recorded the studio version at least. That's the only one I listened to at exactly one hundred and thirty. Point five beats per minute. Oh, I, had it I, I tried one thirty-one, yeah. and then it got out of sync, and I tried one thirty, and I was like, "Well, maybe they're not playing with a click track." Um, but I tried one thirty-point-five to fit perfectly. So another example of them being quirky. At the time, I didn't think too much of it because that's the first thing that I do is to get the the tempo. But after my <laughs> attempted analysis of the song, I think they intentionally did that. As I think half of this song was written as like a joke or like to kind of just like infuriate uh people who analyze music uh so yeah i i agree uh when i looked online the first first uh sometimes i'll, I'll try especially with the more difficult one I'll, I'll look at like cordify and some other websites and see what other people say this was being sold to me as being in the key of f sharp major which let me tell you, as someone who plays the piano, is a key I'm not overly fond of. It's got all five accidental keys, plus you would play E sharp, which is actually F natural, but you can't call it F because it's in F, F sharp. Uh, so yeah, that's a pretty gross, uh, <laughs> second only to something like C flat, uh, as far as infuriating to play on the piano. Uh, well, that would be annoying enough, but you know, then I'm seeing in the notation, you've got F sharp and F natural. Uh, and I was like, well, that makes no sense. I mean, maybe there's like a borrowed chord or some kind of like a passing chord or something. But um, then I decided to just ignore all notation that I saw online and just kind of go by ear. And uh, I am suggesting this key is mostly written around F minor, but that's not exactly right because there's no F sharp or G flat. And then uh, when I'm looking at the... <sighs> It's so weird. I... Exactly. I'm like, what does it look like? He's what does it look like? He's playing in the bathroom sessions videos. I'd have to like, take can a you look. get a good enough look at his hands. Yeah, his hands like, look like it's he, uh, uh, my my best G, uh, guess, in the Heidi. G minor to C minor to F to B minor. Yeah. My my best guess is something like C Phrygian with like a borrowed F sharp or G flat. That's like yeah, the it's not closest. Normal. Yeah, there's nothing. There, there, honestly, that's the thing is after about thirty minutes, I was like, you know what? I, I just kind of bailed out. It's unfinished. no. I would take like I would have you to should... really sit down with actual sheet yeah. music and start analyzing chord by chord <laughs> and figuring out what's borrowed. Is it modal? There's nothing. There's no pre-existing. You should have a bu You should have a button like to like pop in Alan Fogel <laughs> on this podcast to like just <laughs> just tell you what all the chords are. Well, I'm actually looking on Alan's website right now, and he yeah, doesn't even yeah. have this one broken well, like, down. <laughs> the, the chords 
That, that's the thing. Like the cores I can identify and there might be some disagreement right. as to whether they're sharp or flat based on what you're categorizing. Right. But the but key, yeah, yeah. there's no one key, key or mode that yeah. I can think of that everything fits into. Even if you account for like uh, uh, a key change during the course or something like that. Like even then there's no like one comfortable. So very, very interesting and very unique. Um, so I did I did basically take a look at the structure to be able to at least like break it down a little bit. So you've got the intro, which is like vamping on C, and then verse one, which is your A section. Then what I'm calling the pre-chorus, which is I'd say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of attention span, which is our B section. Verse two, A, pre-chorus again, B. And then strangely, I'm calling this next section the bridge. I guess you might say it's like an... Yeah, it's not quite the same as like the verses. It, I would call it. But a it's bridge. so weird to have a bridge before the chorus, because <laughs> then we finally get to the chorus, which is our D section, which is everything is un, uh-huh. and then verse four, and then pre-chorus again, and then the chorus. So it's like an A B A B C D A B D, and then I literally wrote, "What even is this song?" There's that weird part where it like goes double time. It's yeah. Like, uh, you know, is worth up. It's like, you know, a false <laughs> ending almost. It's very experimental. It, it's it's like it doesn't even it doesn't necessarily sound like it doesn't sound too uh, passe or like or, or common, but it's. I think it's even more strange than it sounds if when you first start looking into it, when you actually try and analyze it, it's just a strange beast. It, it's like the thing. Yeah. You know, you analyze it, the blood cells under the microscope. That's not human. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that yeah. is, but that ain't yeah. human. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad. I'm well, so you, glad I, to hear I like that. the fact that you got that Eddie. bridge and then you have. It's wonderful they put that bridge right in the middle of the song before your <laughs> chorus, before you get to a chorus. chorus. Yeah, very unusual. Not totally unheard of, but very weird. Because the really cool thing is that, like, once you get to that chorus, after it finishes, they go into this solo arco mm. cello strums. And I get at that point, like the first time you're listening, I'm I remember thinking, oh, the song's over. We're we're leaving the song now. No, no. oh, we're back. No. Okay, <laughs> I guess we're not finished. Yeah, if it sounds if um, it sounds like I dislike it, I definitely don't. I disliked analyzing it because I felt like I needed way more time <laughs> uh, to really properly give it a, a proper analysis. But you know. Wow, I, I have on occasion, especially when it's a song from like Silverball, accused some of the songs we've covered of being a little too samey. I cannot level that particular criticism against this song. <laughs> I am now more convinced than ever. Uh, while I've heard uh, uh, BNL uses increments of like half a beat, uh, half a beat per minute in their temporals before, but I'm more convinced than ever after doing that analysis. This was definitely intentional, and they're just like. Let's let's just be quirky and different. What? How much can we do with this? This a little outside the norm. It reminds me of the old um, the old adage, like you learn the rules so you can break them, and they break them to great effect here because it's a wonderful song. It doesn't sound off. It just sounds great. It sounds good and fun, and and it, I like it a lot. But, but it's, it's mm. it was it was maddening to try and analyze. I bet. <laughs>
Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So I, I, of course, have listened to this song so many incredible number of times um, and like breaking it down this week and listening to it for just the musicality of it. Because I was like, oh, my gosh, there's this. Oh, my gosh, there's this. So like in the pre-chorus, there's these ro- low growling notes. And as I listen to it more, the only person that it sounds like is Tyler. So we have. Like put through a filter of some sort. Where is it? It's in the pre-chorus, um, especially that last pre-chorus, mm-hmm. just before we head head into those numerous choruses. Um, let me see if it will be nice to me, and let me pull it up this time. I can tell you who it is if I hear it. Do you guys have me on the screen now? Mm-hmm. See if I can find the right spot. Can you hear just below on the very bottom of that? There's this growly. It's not really a low, which is why I say I I almost feel like it's going to be Tyler because Ed can hit low and it's not low, but it's someone trying to hit the low. Play it again. Yeah. And I noticed now listening to it, it's only in the right ear. Hmm. Either I've lost my hearing or my <laughs> left ear. Let me see if I can hear it on my on the track on my computer. It yeah, might be better than during the show. Well. Uh, about when in the song, what's the timestamp for that, Tracy? Um, it's about the two, around 2.05 okay. is where that, that last pre-chorus happens. It could be Kevin or Jim. I know that, like... Oh, okay. A lot of the like yeah. ba 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 is Jim. That's definitely Jim. The the la la yeah the ba ba la la. Yeah, I, I heard it then. Jim. It was in yeah okay. I heard it then. But it, it 
I've never heard Kevin go that low, but I, it sounds like a low for Kevin. It's definitely not low. It's not all the way down to baritone bass, but it sounds like someone trying to. <laughs> when I first heard the uh, Kennedy and Snack Time trilogy on uh, oh, on yes. Snack Time, like it's Snack Time, the whole, you know. Uh, that's leave lettuce like that's all kevin so nice call that's probably kevin because that's about the right set of about yeah, the right you range absolutely be right on that yeah or you could be completely wrong i don't know <laughs> right <laughs> maybe on, you're kevin. right maybe not. i mean and like <laughs> if you think about tyler he probably would be one to say oh, i don't want to sing it make somebody else do it you know like <laughs> That's a remarkably uh, close to uh, Tyler's sound. Tyler, we know you yeah. listen. Come on the show and, and let I've us been, know. <laughs> I mean, I've only been listening to them talk for, tw- what is it, 25 <laughs> years solid? <laughs> oh, like... oh, my goodness. Uh, the other thing I like, you mentioned it actually a little bit, is the la-las and the ooze that are overlapping. Mm-hmm. Like we have oh, yeah. Steve doing the outro of the repetition. Mm-hmm. But we have these la la las and these o's in the background, these oos going on yeah. in the background, just one on top of the other. And you like in interviews, you heard them talking all the time about how that was their favorite thing to do is like they have so many hours like, you know, uh, of, of hurry up and wait while they're recording these albums. And they just like come up with this, the stupidest like background vocals, you know, like uh, and so. <laughs> this is them like this is such an amazing meal for them <laughs> to do this like this is almost an antidote I, uh, to my ears uh, for what uh, I didn't like maroon fresh <laughs> like it, it was you know like but this you know it sounds like they're having so much fun and they're like just mm-hmm. doing so much just playing uh, in the studio uh, like coming up with all the different things like they had a full, uh, you know, string mm. section for uh, upside down and like all the different, they just really got to, it's like the, when they made Gordon and they were in uh, the studio in uh, uh, Marin, uh, Marin Heights or whatever it was, uh, uh, where they were just camped out in the studio and they just were making all this fully orchestrated stuff. Like it, it sounds like a return to that almost. Yeah, well, and this song also has a well, not a full orchestra, but a full string section. Sure. So we got we got Matt Soons on the viola, we got Larry yeah. Corbett, Corbett on the cello, we got Joel Druin and Charlie Bishart on the violin, and then it says Susie Katayama, Katayama as the strings contractor or contractor and i'm like that did they mistype that and meant conductor (laughs) no they probably like uh, a session player like yeah no found somebody to organize like to to bring them in yeah he like went to his one of his string buddies and said hey do you have like a quartet that we can use and i remember them talking about like the the quartet work on this where like the, the musicians came in and they looked at the charts and they're like oh hey this who wrote this this is pretty good you know like this is actual like music because jim wrote out all the you know mm. all the string parts uh but instead of like 
maybe you should drive where it's, you know, him playing a violin like a bass because there was only him, you know, like to do it. Uh, They they had the chance to do like a full, you know, orchestration thing. Yeah. And and it sounds great. One of the things that I wrote down, you know, I've been having conversations over the last couple of weeks with other people. They'll bring me these bands and I'll be like, yeah, that's kind of cool. But it sounds hollow. It sounds empty. It's not, it's, it's not full enough. And, and as I'm thinking of that, it's beginning to understand why, because I like the late Beatles. I like early Beatles too. You know, it sounds kind of unfinished and, and empty, but it's definitely, I like the early Beatles, but the late Beatles and B&L for the same reason. Yeah. I like them because that, that you rarely hear that hollow sound. And if you do, it's, it's intentional and like it's just so completely full yeah in that documentary tyler talked about how when he plays with regular like electric bass players like he misses Mm. that you know that fat bottom end of jim Mm. you know with the with the with the double bass and i think that extends out to their whole sound like they are so good at hearing what you know what should fully be around the song you know that they're that they just naturally gravitate toward toward filling it out like all of their demos sound like they could be released by you know by anybody like they they sound pretty fully produced yeah because they just have so much experience doing this you know yeah i think they really have that kind of sound engineer um, mindset in mind when they when they compose which is really helpful for making that kind of well sound specter um, kind of aesthetic we were talking about like if you look on the credits for uh, Rock Spectac like uh, Jim and Tyler are both credited as being like uh, you know Michael Philip uh, uh, Voivoda's uh, like assistant uh, engineers or uh, uh, something editors or something or other because wow. they they're they're really good at mixing you know like they know they know what their what sounds best for their sound you know well that's really cool though because they must have really spent some time during gordon like it sitting down and watching him do his work to probably do that you know it was such a summer camp for them that they that they just like it, and you know, and they're what twenty two when they're doing that album twenty one twenty two. So they're probably all going like, "Oh, what does that button do?" You know, because like I was in a band <laughs> when I was that age, and I remember like you know peeking over the engineer's you know uh, shoulder, and I I remember saying to him like, uh, "I have it. Do you want me to sketch out where all the different voices go, like on a panoramic?" And he just said, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and he went back to do it because like he, you know, he was uh, a fully competent engineer who we were paying. So it, I should have left it up to him anyway. But like, you know, when you are at the age that these guys were during all of these albums, like you pay attention to that stuff because you just want to learn and you want to, you know, you want to be as good as you can be because you're paying like, you know, thousands of dollars an hour or whatever to, Mm -hmm. you know, to be in the studio for, for this amount of time. 
Yeah. Well, and and it, it occurred to me, and I'm not an artist, and, and so I don't know, but it would occur to me that, like, the engineer is another member of the band in many ways in that what they're doing changes the sound to what they want it to kind of sound like and what they think sounds good, but that yeah. pulls it ever further away from what the artist hears in their head. Um, right. You know, and, and I think in terms of like listening to the Beatles and, and the, especially the later discussions the Beatles had, like Paul was always telling George, you know, no, play it like this. And George right. was like, no, but it sounds better like this. And then, you know, you would have the engineer that would come in and George, George Martin would be like, okay, well, we're going to do this, 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 and this and make the sound completely different. And, yeah. and Paul would be like, yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> and like, I, especially watching that get back movie you can totally see how everything like every second leading up to the final versions of those songs sounded like just a shitty garage band you know like <laughs> and if it wasn't for george martin nobody oh, yeah. would care about the beatles because yeah. like they he orchestrated their sound so much mm -hmm. and he just and uh, you know it's only because he was what, five years older than they were and they looked up to him and they like they thought of him as like you know the adult in the room <laughs> that they listened to him and thank goodness he <laughs> thank goodness yeah and uh, like when you think about the people that he had to rein in before the Beatles <laughs> were Peter Sellers and Spike Milligan so oh like <laughs> Of course, he was good at, you know, like, no, come on, guys, like, gets back on tack, you know, like. So you're saying he might because... be able to rein us in. <laughs> <laughs> no. Might be the only one, yeah. No hope. <laughs> no. Um, once again, with that full orchestration, though, there's something going on in the background that mm -hmm. I want to point out that's really important. And that's Kevin is adding in these boings, bops, and bloops <laughs> in the background that I have never picked up on before just kind of listening to it is and, and of course the thing that came to my he mind was space balls of course the bleeps the creeps and the sweeps, sweeps. um <laughs> where um, is this <laughs> Whatever it is that Kevin's doing, he is just like randomly hitting these buttons on his. I'm sure it's not random to him, um, but it sounds random that he's hitting these like whoop, bing, bong, boom. <laughs> That's <laughs> Kevin. Just in the That's background, great. but it adds to the song. Maybe they actually had Michael Winslow in the booth. Michael Winslow, we know you listen. Please come on the show. Speaking of the bleeps. So the next time bleeps. that you guys listen to that, to that song i i challenge you to mm. listen to as many of the boops and sweeps that you can hear in the song as possible because kevin is filling him in as soon as the other instruments come in kevin is just having a field day in the background nice <laughs> well if you if you've ever heard uh it's some version of uh never is enough like he they when they were recording little green bag with tom jones he had Tom Jones sing like, uh, all right, like into just some microphone. And he Kevin just plays it every now and again, <laughs> like, it, you know, That's just awesome. throughout 
a bunch of other songs <laughs> like he, he just had him record you know like six or seven things into his keyboard uh it's like their version of the wilhelm it, scream yeah exactly yeah he oh loves just peppering weird <laughs> stuff awesome. into you know i, lo- I love that uh, that's great there's a uh version of and it started really early there um uh i know on uh the born a pirate ship tour like uh you hear like that part where uh uh if a hundred monkeys each could have their own show perhaps one day a chim might say and you just hear uh <laughs> and you have faith and you just need to use it saith the lord, <laughs> the lord. yeah uh i messed it up like on the on the live version like he puts in uh samuel jackson from uh pulp fiction like <laughs> in that section like uh i'll have to send it to you it's oh of course he does yeah. <laughs> um we should probably talk about what this song's about <laughs> sure i don't know on the meaning of this song and the words that are used i mean to me my way of discussing this song my way of understanding this song is i think of this song as the adhd anthem <laughs> Yeah, I definitely totally. relate to the song quite a yep, lot. Makes sense. Well, the do because, we know do we know what it was, you know, about within the band? No, they've never come out and and released anything specifically. It, it's funny because when I heard the title before I heard the song, I was wondering if it was actually like an unfinished song, if it was going to be something like How's the Level or something, or they just threw this thing on there. <laughs> um, and it, it sort of is because they sort of just kind of cut it off abruptly. Um, I mean, it, do you I like love that. I, I like that. Me too. Do you like oh, yeah, that? It's, it's, it's perfect. I mean, it fits the, it fits the theme of the song. It's, it's like programmatic. Um, in, the de- in the demo, they don't do that. They, fit, oh, they do everything I, I is like unfinished. that better when they when they yeah. cut it up that that fits so perfect and they almost like at the end they almost like you know when you're doing a home recording and you can sometimes hear the like the space bar or whatever mm. like mm-hmm. on the microphone yeah. like they, they there's a bunch of those click chicka clack you know like at the end of well, the, the other thing i noted was as, as heidi pointed out the song is exactly or just under three minutes which is the kind of the cliche pop song ideal pop song length so i'm wondering if they did that as well if maybe they could have gone on longer but they're like now we got to cut it off make it more abrupt we may as well do it right at the three minute mark the whole thing seems to be like a giant in joke for like music people which is great (laughs) yeah i i agree excuse me Uh, when i'm writing a song uh i i i it's funny when i heard unfinished i was like oh man I relate so much, not just because of the whole, you know, squirrel uh, ADHD thing, but like <laughs> I I never I think I've said this on the show before. I never really feel like it's finished. I just sort of like keep yeah. going I until the point. I think that's the it's, point. it's like I don't have this profound feeling of, oh, it's finished. It's more like, well, I could work on this for another hour or another day or another week or another month, but I'm not sure how much better I can make it during that time. So it's more like you recognize that you've hit a point of diminishing returns and you say, OK, it's good enough. Let's lay it down. Let's get it recorded. Let's mix it. Let's let's do it. Um, and you look at bands yeah. performing songs that they wrote like years or even decades ago. And often there will be subtle changes, right? Maybe they add or change a vocal harmony or they play the guitar solo differently, assuming it's not improvised or they add another instrument. So, you know, maybe they change the melody subtly. Uh, everything is unfinished. We're all works in progress, working on works in progress. So I like that. <laughs> yeah like if you listen to down under mm. colin hay 
plays it way differently Whoa, now than he work. did mm. when that you know when that oh yeah when it came out and then there's the, like the uh al yankovic <laughs> when he did i forget what album it was on but like he did an Avril, Avril Lavigne parody. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. yeah, he couldn't figure out what the song was about. Like he he had three different verses because he couldn't yeah, like, get unrelated. past any of those. And so he just made it a com- a complicated <laughs> song. And like it's like, well, just fine. It's done. Like uh, it's just three different vignettes, I guess, you know. And the only thing that ties them together is like the conceit that it's a complicated, <laughs> you know, that happens all the time because of the schedule and because he had to get the album. Yeah. Out, you know? Yeah. But I think it's interesting. Like, so, so Ed takes it and with the pre-course or I'm going to, I'm going to guess it's Ed because mm. he likes to play with these, these phrases a little bit. Um, but so does, I mean, all three of them really do. Um, you can so give it, it to Ed. I think it's an Ed song. But that that pre-chorus, I'd say an ounce of prevention mm. is worth a pound of attention yeah. span. Love that. So the original brilliant cor- line brilliant for the people, line. the people that don't know, that's playing on an old old adage of I'd say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Which basically means do it ahead of time so you don't have to spend all your time afterwards and energy afterwards trying to take care of the problem that you've created. It's the medical version of measure twice, cut once. Yeah. But then he changes it with this. And and by changing that line, basically what I wrote down that this means is it's better to be intentionally uncommitted than to get distracted and not be able to finish it. Interesting. Um, huh. And that's what the rest of the song is about. You know, mm. I left a tip, but it wasn't a donation. They're very noncommittal. Definitely. I, I took a trip, but it was never a vacation. I'm I'm not going to commit because I know that I'm not going to be able to finish what I start. Don't label so I'm going to intentionally bro. not finish. If you define <laughs> yeah, I mean, unique, there's some there's some wisdom yeah. in that though. You know, like uh, it's like committing to be a consultant on a project as opposed to like being fully, you know, contracted to to work on it or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I don't have the time to give this my all. So I'll come in and consult, you know, like, and that frees you up to uh, not be there for the whole thing. I mean, it's smart, especially for somebody with ADHD. If, you know, if that's what the song is about. I, I definitely have a problem and, with like, it, over committing. I don't like to say no to people. And then I have a huge schedule right. that just sprawls and it's like, I can't that's finish right. all this stuff. So yeah, I totally get that. Yep. I I like to say that, I have ADHD, which just means that my attention deficit is in high definition. (laughs) (laughs) It's in 4K. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. You can see the little marks in Judge Doom's face. Put it on a Uh (laughs) t-shirt. I absolutely love the line, I made a pact that I would finish what I started. Mm. I admit the fact that I was distracted and outsmarted. (laughs) Yeah. I said I was gonna finish this stuff. I should have known better. Like that was my mistake. Totally. Yeah. What a fool I was. Yeah. It's what doesn't Steve have? What is that amazing song from his first mm. solo album? Uh, uh, Indecision. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. It's like 
that's sort of his it's i won't say it's an answer to this song because like this song you know it wasn't but it was in the same vein in the same vein yeah well and so there's that line that was removed and it gives a different feel to the song once you do that which i in like thinking about it again i I find it strange that in the demo version that has the extra line, like he, uh, uh, he says, uh, I told my side, but it was never testimony. I turned and ran after ignoring. Whereas in the final version, he says, I took the stand. With... Mm. Did I just Which yeah. does rhyme with uh, it. It's, I wonder if like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I wonder. Again, I I know I tried to explain why they took it out before, but I myself am wondering, you know, well, what th- the decision was there. Right. I think he by taking it out. That second verse is I originally I took her hand, but it was not in matrimony. Uh-huh. I told my side, but it was never testimony. I turned and ran after ignoring my Miranda. I hid it, she saw it, and caught me under the veranda. So it almost yeah. has a relationship type mm. feel until right. you re- once you remove those two lines and change that to I told you know I took the stand. Yeah, it it it, it brings it back to being completely on him, and it's yes. not about a relationship. relationship. Yeah. And maybe that's where what they were trying to do. They're like, yeah, we didn't quite go there with the relationship. We didn't right. really say what we were trying to say. Let's let's not make this uh, uh, a love song, either requited or un. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, because let's that make this that also changes that line of I played along, but it was not for recreation. I left right. my home, but it was not evacuation. <laughs> If you have a relationship tinge, now you have this person That's who right. is yeah. who is leaving this person and not committed to the relationship. It's another way, or this... you got kicked out and now all your stuff is out on the lawn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's another way that this song kind of bucks the trends and is is just kind of different. And I like that. Yeah, it, it, it's very... well, the next door neighbor soaks you with the hose. <laughs> By the way, I like the. I, it's interesting what you said about not liking maroon and liking this because. I, I think that the difference is is that Maroon after Stunt was them trying to be really serious with their yes. art. I I personally love it. I think it's one I of love the it too, but, but I, I, and I think I think Ed loves it too. Like I think it was for me it was that it was like they're really big now so they got Don was who wasn't like a a, a bare naked guy, you know. Mm-hmm. He, uh he and also there's just a lot of songs through the second half of the album that just seem like they're rhyming for the sake of rhyming to just hmm. try and get through, you know, like baby seat and uh, uh, a couple of, I love some of the songs on that album. I love like convention ears is hmm. like a killer song um, uh, off the hook. Like so many of them uh, towards the end of the song just and maybe it was the age i listened you know heard it at first like i uh, found the band during stunt and like listened to everything before that which was very fun and dark with maybe you should drive and like 
uh, you know, the rock spec tech had, I remember the moment my brain exploded about bare naked ladies was listening to a million dollars on rock spec tech and mm. grade nine, like was, you know, injected into the beginning of the song. And I was like, Whoa, they're singing one of their own songs inside another one of their songs, you know, <laughs> like, so like, so that, and then stunt, which, uh, you know, you're always going to love the first album you find of a band. And then I was waiting and waiting and waiting for the next big album that they were going to have. Like they had, uh, you know, get in line uh, on King of the Hill, but like the next big album after stunt was maroon. Mm. And I was like, uh, they're all dressing the same. And like, you know, Steve is trying to be serious with taking off his glasses and like, they're, you know, I want the geeks in the shorts, you know, like I, it just seemed like they were trying to be so slick. And I, it, I think, yeah, I agree with you, Noah, on that I think that seeing them pre maroon and then post or pre stunt post stunt and into maroon, they were their packaging. Um, you can tell like there was a whole like packaging that, yeah. that they went through. And, um, and it's nicer now to see them just the way they want to be. I think that's right. that they're back to the way they want to be, um, mm-hmm. which is great. And I think if they had been really excited about all dressing the same, they would have done it for more than just that one tour, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, Oh heck yeah! It, like, it was totally a package. It was it was them selling themselves yeah. at that point, or somebody selling them. You know, like yeah. let's all wear you know butter colored shirts and striped pants. And like that's like okay, I get like all right. So you're running out the mouth of a giant inflatable devil. Like you know, make the songs better. <laughs> <laughs> and and I. It goes back to the discussion that Heidi and I were having last week about the ad libs is that while they were dressing like that, they actually made comments about boy. They did a ad lib during that tour, actually during yeah. this tour about boy bands and how they're a boy band, but they're not a boy band in a lot of ways and how they break the tropes of boy bands while they're dressed like boy bands because they've been told they have to. Um <laughs> well, we, we, we're, yeah, it's the trouble it's with the Tracy. trouble with Tracy. <laughs> is, is there a trouble with Tracy well, there, on this song? There is no trouble with Tracy on this song. Like, if, if they had kept it similar to the the demo, then I probably would have some troubles with it. I absolutely love this song, and I love this version of this song. So, now there's there's no trouble with Whoa, Tracy. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Aaron gets me. That's why I wanted to come back for this song. Like, Great song. This and oh my gosh, upside no, I also down made are like check that out. Look at that. Oh, nice. Look at that. <laughs> I love that video, it's like the Ballad of Gordon video, mm-hmm. so much. Like much. oh yeah, any anything with. Andy, like where, like, ah, uh, I just the five of them, and then Kevin too. But like, the moment in the the Junos, uh, you know, in a Hall of Fame induction, uh, where like they're switching from one week to million dollars, 
and Andy runs out on stage and like gets on the piano and there's the, just one tiny shot of like Steve leaning on the piano like mm-hmm. gazing longingly at Andy I'm like yes. uh, I was sitting on the corner outside my friend's birthday party watching this on my phone because <laughs> I was like I have to go hey, you, you, you'll understand later and like I was sitting and I almost melted into the sewer I was like this love this brother oh, it was so it was it was so I, like there was that concert that Andy conducted and orchestrated for Steve uh-huh. with the orchestra and I was just like oh I really wish I could have been there because that one little five second moment during that during that yeah. concert like to me spoke so much and I was like oh the relationship between the two of them like and was, especially like fast forward to the end of that song where they're like all the balloons are coming down and all those strange like Canadian people come out like and they get to the end of million dollars and Steve is like when I had a million dollars and it's just like Steve (laughs) come on Uh, well we should probably get to rating this song Uh, let's see what should we give it for a rating um Hmm. You know, we got they got rid of this lyric, but we should how put many it verandas? in there. How many how many verandas? How many? Yeah. This song. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what we got to go that's with. That's fair. Um, why don't we start with you, Heidi? How many verandas do you give this song? Are we giving it verandas or verandas? Cuz again, I think kind of like the description Either. earlier, I think that Noah gave about you know, the, like it's very it's very me um it's very like um adhd a little bit of everything like oh look a chicken um <laughs> so i can't quite get it done i also think i love the lines of this and the lyrics um i sing this it's kind of another muppet song you know how heidi has her muppet songs in her head and when i'm a muppet um this is kind of in my head a lot of the times so it's it's a Heidi Muppet song for me oh my Lanta um because it is and I love the line like we talked about earlier I played along but it was not for recreation I left my home but it was not even I made a pact that I would finish what I start Ed (laughs) Ed um and I just love that whole thing so I am going to give this oh that was really loud Heidi um, you can back down, back down, back down. Um, I'm going to give this ooh, <laughs> 4.8. Ooh. Oh. 4.8. 4.8. All right. For verandas. How many, how many verandas do you give this, Aaron? Well, Noah asked a very pertinent question because he asked, are we doing verandas or Mirandas? And being a Trekkie, mm-hmm. I have to award this song 4.35 Miranda class starships out of five. Oh, oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. You dork. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the veranda that's on the, there could the be a veranda on the holodeck on a Miranda. Okay. There oh. we go. Yeah. With a Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking Fanta. Well, oh my Lanta. Fanta. With, uh, with Waxana. After he had my Lanta. <laughs> Marina. <laughs> Guys, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say Mayan Canta. 
Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nicely done. If I knew nice. what you just uh, said, I'd be this, offended, this, but I don't This get new Dr. Pepper soda tastes kind of like a, a Fanta. <laughs> Zero sugar Dr. Pepper. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's certainly on the best of playlist. It's well deserving of a spot in the well into the fours. I, I really like it. Uh, we talked about how unique it is and how it bucks tradition. And um, you know, uh, maybe I'm a little salty at it for for leading me down the path to madness while I was analyzing it. So I put an asterisk next to it. Maybe I'll raise it up to a four point five uh, verandas uh, at, at our New Year's special. But I, it's certainly it's well into the fours. I love it. Great song. Well, Aaron, you you know who also bucks tradition is is the character from Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> you had to get one more in. I, I appreciate it. I had respect, to get one more respect in. the hustle. Basically, I got to give a hand to you. Uh, oh, oh, my. Oh, wow. well, for that, Noah, you can go next. Uh. I'm going to write you a memorandum next time about what we should read your Miranda. Oh, my Lanta. And we are from Lambda, 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 and Omega oh. Moo. <laughs> um, nobody, nobody's going to pick up on that. Come on. Lambda, what? Lambda, Lambda. It's the range of the nerds. Uh, I will give this. Do you song... believe in Santa, Aaron? <laughs> Three verandas and one and a half Mirandas. Oh wow! I, I, oh yeah. wait. Oh, okay. Making me do math. Four, that's four and a half. Math. <laughs> so. Do some math, which you didn't no, plan are on, going, on doing. Are we going like uh, for the album or for the whole? For the, like for the, just the song. Uh, yeah, just the one song. Sure. No, no, but like out of oh, out, out of all, all of their the album, library, or out of all the yeah, songs, the entire library. Oh, yeah. out of all their library. Uh yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I I love this song. It uh I'll go I'll, I'll go four. Uh two Mirandas and two verandas. <laughs> okay. Two of column A, two of column B. Yeah, yeah. And and I really like this song. I really do. I was I was jostling or, or kind of moving around and like, do I like it up to a five? Oh, it's hard for me to throw it into that five. I already got a lot of fives. Um, <laughs> I gotta stop giving so many fives. So I'm going to give it a 4.83. Very respectable. I, I, I think that is a very respectable number. And uh, um, I, I do want to bring up some really important things uh, that came up during this week in history though oh um both on the same date and i think is really coincidental almost ironic um and and how this happened so on july 11th 1987 stephen ed separately attended a peter gabriel concert and ran into each other at the harvey's restaurant afterwards and just and discuss their shared musical taste. And like cheeseburgers. Yeah. (laughs) Now that was before they were with Anda, right? That Anda Cregan? That Anda Anda. Cregan, yeah. (laughs) It was. Just want to make sure. But this was their first interaction, the first major interaction that the two ever had. Also, did it plant an idea in the head about creating a banda? Now you're pandering to the masses. Oh, and Noah's absolutely regretting coming on. Tonight. 
<laughs> no, I'm just thinking like I got I got a kid to put to bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have one more. On July 11th, 2008, oh. was the date that Stephen got arrested in Fayetteville, New York. Yeah. We don't talk about Shush. So uh, July 11th is an amazing day, but also a not so great day in BNL history. Um, and, and this polywog wanna... does not like that day. No. <laughs> so we're not going to celebrate this date so much. Um, but I, I did want to point out that those two really weird beginning and endings happened on this date um, and, and at that time. Now, if Steven had never been arrested, do you think that they would have broken up? I don't think so. Yes. Uh, yeah. You think they would have broken oh, up? Oh, yeah, they would have. Because, and uh, like, I can. Ooh. We're getting some juicy, uh, juicy news here. Well, when That's we. That's it. We're having puppet wars with <laughs> Noah. When we, when we met them at the borders the week before we shot our video, uh, we noticed that mm. on one side of the storeroom uh, was the four guys, and on the other side was Steve and uh, what is her name? I can't remember. Uh, his now wife. Oh. Who, uh, at the time, Christine, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yoko. <laughs> wow, uh, Tracy. Well, Yoko. Let's, let's not. Wow. Hey, that was hey, harsh, Tom. Hey, let's not let's not get into both... propaganda here. <laughs> so wrong. Both Yoko and Christine uh, are not the cause right. of the That's unfairly right. maligned. Yeah. Absolutely, unfairly not. maligned. Unfairly. I, th- that's unfairly the connection maligned. I was making. I wasn't saying that it, that she broke up the band. I was saying the exact opposite. <laughs> and they, I think they wrote a whole song about. How Yoko didn't break. Blame it on Yoki. (laughs) That's right. Yes. Tracy has been been upside down for the last like two minutes, dying, waiting for one of us to mention it. I'm sure. I'm losing blood Uh at this point. There we go. Oh my God. Guess you're upside down. I just caught it because I'm an idiot. (laughs) We're going to the upside down. Oh no. I was going to make a Stranger Things reference. I'm going to be Eddie. I'm gonna be. Um, there's. Have you finished watching the series? Well, let's all dress like Stranger <laughs> Things next week. Oh, oh, well, I'm all ready for it. We all have to do this next next week. Yeah, something never. No oh, one yeah, we see. gotta have to. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, for, for an audio podcast, we're all. It's like well, it's like they can't tell that the the bare naked ladies were naked when they recorded certain songs. But they were so That's... in in solidarity. We'll all be upside down on our webcams next week, even though you won't ever okay. see it. There's you'll, that you'll know that, that we did it. Somebody asked them what what song they recorded naked on on some album, and they're like, "Listen, I bet you can figure it out." And like they had <laughs> cut that song from the album. <laughs> Sign yeah, me up. <laughs> Has anybody heard that song? Uh yeah. Yes, it's horrible. Thank goodness they Where cut can it from I the. Find Tell it. us how you really feel. <laughs> um, if Please. you go to, I'm I'm about to send them down the Please. rabbit hole. Plug your ears, Heidi. Um, if you go to the BNL okay, archive, la, 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 la. BNLarchive.com. Yeah. 
Oh, Noah, don't do it. You can find don't everything on Oh, no, I, I I lived there for like yeah. <laughs> oh my God. for a couple of years. I didn't know it existed until last week, and I was like, oh, my God, I was at that show, and oh, my God, I was at that show. You didn't know it exists? Oh, man. Like that, I love. <sighs> yeah, I'm. I may have burned most of the hours that Heidi had last week. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just so happy I, that I, it still yeah, is it up was... because I like tried to find it when I was looking for that like you know random improv from Chicago uh, and like I couldn't mm-hmm. remember what the because the website has changed several times you know uh, and I just couldn't remember what it was. So good sure. night, everybody. Yes. Noah, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, Noah. It's so good to it's see been you again. Great. I love this show. Hey, Noah, it's such a great, such a pleasure to have you here. Thanks. Please come back on again. Yeah. <laughs> well, we certainly hope come back you'll be back soon. Yeah. We're so happy. Oh, man. And you inspired me to Yay. get my own puppet. Yay. <laughs> this is Phoebe. Oh, wow. We got <laughs> I got I her got for Christmas. Gonzo patches. I got just. I, I suggest, Tracy, uh, you can cut this out, but let's like do a thing. We'll make like we're wrapping up and then you can. Cut it off. So this episode is unfinished. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.